doing and it's called Taking Charge. And I leave my book here purposely so it's interesting when I come and I read out of my book and I find out that what God has given either pastor or myself is lines up with the book. The Holy Spirit knows what's going on, thank God. So Taking Charge, the nugget, meditate on the peace you possess not on worries or stress. You know, Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Not the, not the world's, but my peace I give unto you. He says, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Now, pastor has a nugget. When your past calls, don't answer. It has nothing new to say. I like that one. Thank you. When your past calls, don't answer. It has nothing new to say. How many know that? When the enemy comes, he has nothing new to say but the old, same old junk. First one was meditate on the peace you possess, not on worries or stress. When your past calls, don't answer. It has nothing new to say. Hallelujah. As we progress into this new year, there is an aura of excitement for new expectations. At least there is in my life. I'm expecting God to do mighty things. I go back into the children's church and I want to thank the... I know a lot of people, I thank you for painting. I know you painted and others painted. But two men in this congregation worked very, very, very hard. And I took a, a pastor's wife. We had to we go to lunch, try to once a week, and we had to go to the restroom. And I brought her here, and she had seen it before. That's John and Mike. I'm just going to thank them right now. And Whitney, you painted, and Laurel, you were there, and Nada was there. And she'd seen it before, and she came in, and she was amazed, just totally amazed. The rocks, those crosses, John, I know that that was hard work. We had those railroad road ties in our yard when we were in, in Oklahoma. What a mess to work with. The rocks, I can't believe the rocks. Mike's in there. He's there here Friday painting chairs. He's hanging out in the church. You hang out in the church, you know it's going to happen to you. The power of God's going to hit you. Don't be surprised if you just fall out on the floor one day when you're back there. Because I'm expecting the Shekinah glory this year. It's already happened? Has it already happened? <laughs> I'm, God told us to name this church Shekinah glory because he said... He, I, my manifested presence will be in your church, in your sanctuary. I'm believing this is the year. Please. That's part of our vision. Part of my vision was to see that children's church done. And when I handed it to John, I said, just do, what, do whatever. Just do whatever God gives you. And I, when I saw the gifts and talents that came out of the people that worked in it, and thank you, Nada, for Jonah. I hope he's safe back there. Um, 
the whale, everything. I could not have orchestrated that if I had tried. The Holy Spirit did. And that's what he desires to do in our services. You can't, you can't push God. You can't time, put a time on God. When you start doing that, the Holy Spirit just, just stops moving. If 12 o'clock comes and you got to go, leave. Because I know God's going to show up. You miss one day. That happened to Pastor and I one time. And it was the most powerful service they ever had at Raymond. So, as we progress into this new year, there is an aurora of excitement for new expectations. Does anybody have a thing to clean glasses? Because if you do, I'd like to borrow it. Dreams, visions, and goals are ready to launch out to bring fulfillment into your lives. Did you get that? Here, Tara. <laughs> get them back quick. Dreams, visions, and goals are ready to launch out and bring fulfillment into your lives. Dreams, visions, and goals. Have you written down dreams, visions, and goals this year? Better hurry, Terrence. <laughs> know that with each expectation, the enemy will attack to steal, kill, or destroy them. Know that with each expectation, please get this sermon today. As I was studying for it, it was life-changing for me, and my prayer is that it will be life-changing for you. Those that were here at early prayer know what I'm talking about. Thank you, Jesus. As I'm going to start over again now that I can see better. When you have marks all over your grasses, it's a little hard. I'm believing for a total restoration of sight. As we progress into this new year, there is an aurora of excitement for new expectations. Thank you, Terry. Dreams, vision, and goals are ready to launch out and bring fulfillment into our lives. Know that we each, with each expectation, the enemy will attack to steal, kill, or destroy them. Remember, he is the father of lies. Thus, we must be prepared to combat and neutralize each of his deceptions. Otherwise, we will fall into discouragement and disappointments. God told me there are many in this room that have fallen into discouragement and disappointments. Today is the day to walk out of it. Today's your day to say enough. You have, you have written yourself up as a failure for the last time. This is your choice. From today you step into new ranks of the conquerors, the overcomers, the people who put things over. 
You can do th all things through him who is your strength and your wisdom and your ability. Let's look at four main reasons why we get discouraged and disappointed. Job, I'm just reading my notes and then we'll get down to the nitty gritty. Okay, just bear with me. Job felt discouraged with his wife and friends. Who wouldn't? I'm sure there were times he thought, why didn't you take her? Or get her out of here. In the midst of his sufferings and questionings, God, they tried to be helpful, but they ended up heaping more shame and blame on Job and his afflictions. You know people will heap shame and blame on you? You're trying to come out of something? And people, the devil, the enemy, will, will have people try to put shame and guilt on you. He will use past experiences. He'll go way back as far as he can. How can he do that? You say, well, how can, how can he do that? Because of the familiar spirits that have been around your family and you all these years. And so they know exactly how to get you down and how to make you try to fail and how to, what to whisper in your ear. Today's the day you can walk out of because you'll have the word of God to get you out. It's the only thing that can get us out. The word of God and praise and worship. Being honest. Become a praiser. I'm a worshiper. The Bible says when you start to praise, God sets ambushments against the enemy. You don't praise? No ambushments. We come into this house to praise and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? In the midst of suffering and questioning God, they tried to be helpful, and they ended up heaping more shame and blame on Job for his afflictions. We, we can feel let down by our friends and family. They don't understand what we're going through or don't offer to help as we wish they would. Our disappointment can turn to discouragement. It's bad enough you're going through it. You don't need somebody else to remind you. The greatest thing you can do for someone that's going through something is take their face in your hands and tell them how much God loves them. How much God loves them. What? Five what? Five reasons, sorry. He's going he's gonna to critique this today. <laughs> Elijah became discouraged with life circumstances. Wait a minute. I went down. Now don't do that, please. I love you, but... We can feel let down by our friends and families. They don't understand what we're going through or don't offer to help as we wish they would. Our disappointment can turn to discouragement. Elijah became discouraged with life's circumstances. Despite our persistent and fervent prayers, things don't turn out the way we hoped they would. How many know that sometimes? You've prayed. You're, you don't have the will over someone else's life. They do. If you are a parent, I've seen many times people in hospitals 
that should have died. And the mother and the pastor's prayer kept them from dying. I can guarantee, I've witnessed it myself many times. There's something God places in a woman. I'm not against you guys, but there's something, because you're a mother. And God places something in a woman where she will not give up, no matter what and how bad it looks. But you've prayed, and maybe you've seen a family member or someone die, and you weren't sure if they went to heaven. God does. God knows. If you prayed, thee and thy household shall be saved, then God knows. God told me, your mother, don't even try to preach to her because she will get angry and she will be born again on her deathbed. Well, stupid me, because I saw it was so bad, I would say things every now and then and exactly what he told me would happen. She had two hospice nurses and one was a Pentecostal um, evangelist woman. I called her and I talked to her. I said, you know, she's not born again. And she said, yeah, I realize that. I called her after death and I said, what happened? And she said, right before she went into a coma, she started crying out to God. And she said, I have never felt the presence of God anywhere like I did that day. So you don't know. But the devil will try to discourage you. They took too many drugs and they left. You don't know what happened between the leaving and, and whatever. So our dis disappointment can turn to discouragement. Elijah became discouraged with life's circumstances. Despite our persistence and fervent prayers, things don't turn out the way we hoped they would or the way we think they would. But God has another way. God has another plan. God sees everything. Hmm. Elijah hoped that after all the miracles that the Israelites was performed on Mount Carmel, Ahab and Jezebel would repent and put God first. Ahab and Jezebel... I'm not going to go there. <clears throat> yeah, I will. Why not? This isn't going out. It's just going to, it, this, this is going to Oregon only. Heather, Oregon only. We've prayed and prayed and prayed for our president. And yet it gets worse. And worse, and worse. I'll be very open and honest. My prayer is get him out. Pastor looked at me the other day and he said, who was it, Paul and... Nero? He said, you didn't see Paul saying we praying for Nero in here. Then he, and then he told me the other day, you think those that miss the rapture are going to be praying for the Antichrist? I am studying this scripture, I will tell you. Where it says, pray for those that are in authority over you. Trust me. And I will, you know, there's things that 
I need an understanding on myself and I dig and dig and dig and search it out because some of you work in government things and, and you wonder, you sit there and you go, what in the, all of us are wondering, what in the world is going on? God has this thing in control. Don't murmur and complain about it. Just keep on looking straight on and doing what God tells you to do. You might disagree with me. You have your choice to disagree with me. But Pastor and I have done a lot of praying and Elijah thought Ahab and Jezebel would repent and put God first, but they did not. King Ahab and Jezebel were as stubborn and, and as hard hearted as always. And Elijah felt discouraged, exhausted, and told himself that his entire ministry was a waste. Elijah, the prophet, felt like his whole ministry was a waste because he could not get Ahab and Jezebel to change. He had his eyes on two people that were so wicked that he couldn't get them to change. All the miracles that he did, go and read them in Kings. This is <laughs> Jeremiah felt angry and discouraged with God when he helped God when he believed God was against him because of this perspective, he temporarily lost hope in God in Lamentations 3. The disciples too felt discouraged after Jesus was crucified. Before he rose from the dead, they said, we were hoping that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Let's look in Luke 24, 21. They got so discouraged that Peter just said one day, I'm going back to my fishing train. And they joined him. You've had things this last year that you, that you were faced with, that you thought this will ne would, could never, ever, ever happen. And the enemy tried to put the blame on you. If, if you were to blame, take it and ask God to forgive you and move on. Amen? Move on. Don't park on it. Luke 24, 21. I'll get there. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, today is the third day since all these things were done. They couldn't see. They said they were hoping that he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. They couldn't see the bigger picture and felt disappointment that Jesus did not fight for his kingdom. Peter felt discouraged with himself when he realized that he wasn't as courageous as he thought he was. Jesus had warned him that he would deny him three times. 
But Peter's pride kept him from seeing himself clearly. Matthew 26, 31. How would you like to have been Peter? Anybody can have this tape if they promise they will play it over and over. I mean, if you want this tape, you don't have to buy the thing, but you promise you're going to play it over and over and over until you get this stuff. Whenever discouragement comes, you're going to listen to the word. Twenty-six thirty-one. We all go, oh boy, Peter was really something. How do we know we wouldn't have been like that? You know, some of us have really bold personalities. You know, there's someone run, running for president right now that people don't like him because he's so bold and blunt. Personally, I like bold and blunt. <laughs> you know? Just give it to me. Just give me it straight, you know? 31. I jump out of the pulpit right now and tell you who I'm going to vote for, but I can't do it while I'm sitting here or I could be thrown in jail. Okay, then, then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. Then he goes on to say in 74 to 75, Then Peter began to invoke... Uh, wait a minute. Then Peter began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And at the moment a rooster crowed and Peter remembered Jesus' words and he had, he had said before a single rooster crows, you will deny and disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. He was so discouraged and despondent. That was Matthew 26, 31, 74, and 75. He was so despondent that he wouldn't even go and watch the crucifixion. He was so despondent and depressed and ashamed and discouraged that he wouldn't even go and stand there and watch Jesus be crucified. Discouragement happens even to the strongest and the best people. Here are five ways you can take when you start to feel a black cloud of discouragement coming against you. I shared in the morning class that I had someone that I'd counseled years ago call me and they told me the real that I had um, I'm not going to go through the whole thing I had to um, take the person up to San Luis who had been molested and they talked to me over Christmas years later you won't you don't know you will never know it doesn't matter about what really happened after the father went to prison twice. And I will be very honest with you. I had to fight off discouragement 
there were two things that happened. I didn't even go into the second. It's not even worth it. I had to fight this thing off all through the holidays and keep going and fight this thing off and keep going. So I understand what it's like and what you're going through. The enemy wanted me to quit and he tried everything he could. Not gonna happen. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. I could have could have quit a long time ago, huh? <laughs> Sherry knows she lived in the little house and had the, the little house in back and had the kids in back that threw fits and throw themselves against the walls. She could tell you stories you'd never believe what we went through. Discouragement happens even to the strongest and best of people. Here are five ways you can take it when you feel a black cloud of discouragement coming against you. Because my feeling was, why didn't you call me? I would have gotten you out of that. And this was what she said. Because he threatened to kill everybody in my family. I thought, dear God. Number one, be honest. It does you no good to pretend you don't feel what you feel. There is faith and foolishness and presumption. And I... You need to teach on that sometime. I'll give it to you. I feel like Catherine Coleman or something in this. <laughs> Praise God. There's faith, foolishness, and presumption. Be honest. It does you no good to pretend you don't feel what you feel. Well, I don't feel this way. I'm walking by faith. No, you're not. You can't take action against a negative until you first admit you have it. How can you take action against something and if you're going to sit there and say, I don't have it, I don't have it, I don't have it. Well, you're just lying to yourself and the devil is just has you down. Well, keep it up. That's right where he's at. Until you first admit to yourself you have a problem. A strong Christian is not someone who never experiences negative feelings. Quit beating yourself up. Those thoughts, you're just driving down the road and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a thought hits you. What? Where'd that come from? I just taught on pornography last week. I click in my four numbers to open my phone and guess what's sitting right there? I slammed it shut and had to go to 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. Then I talked to a pastor friend of mine, woman. She had the same thing happen to hers, but thank God hers was worse. I said, I don't want to hear it, okay? Years ago, they had this thing to try to get pastors. Well, I guess they're trying it again, but... 
A strong Christian is not someone who never experiences negative feelings. It's someone who has learned what to do with them when he or she has them and how to process them biblically. Number one, be honest. A strong Christian is, is someone who has learned what to do with them when he or she has them and how to process them biblically. One way is to call upon the elders of the church, your pastors, if you need help. And, and you, if it goes on for a few days, get on the phone if you cannot take care of it yourself. You need someone sometimes stronger that can help you through that. I am very aware why the enemy pushed and tried to make me quit over Christmas. I can guarantee you that. Two, this is a big one. Take care of your body. If your body isn't working, your mind, emotions, and will also are will area also weaken. If your body isn't working, your mind, emotions, and will area also weaken. God tended to Elijah's body first before addressing anything else and provided ravens to feed him. Sometimes the circumstances of life drain us dry and we need to press, pause, stop doing, and simply rest and refresh. I'm going to read this one over. Take care of your body. I asked the early class to pray for me because I didn't make it public to everybody in the last three years. I had three car accidents. I ripped my leg open. I, I need you to pray. You need to pray for your pastors every day. On this leg, the veins are trying to find each other. Um, Then we went on vacation. I water walked too hard in a cement pool and opened up my foot and it took three and a half months for that to heal. And I was told to keep my leg up by my physician and I couldn't because if I kept my leg up all the time, I wouldn't be here. It's healed in Jesus' name now. But there's, you know, there's just stuff that comes. Like I said, the enemy tries to destroy you. Do you tell it while you're going through it? No. But I am telling you, pastors need prayer in this hour. If you're not praying for your pastor, shame on you. Think, just think one day what it would be like if one of us wasn't here anymore. Which one?
Because I've had pastor friends that have lost their wives, lost their husbands, whatever, in the last two years. Just like that. So number two, take care of your body. If your body isn't working, your mind, emotions, and will area also weaken. God tended to Elijah's body first before addressing anything else and provided ravens to feed him. Sometimes the circumstances of life drain us dry and we need to press, pause, stop doing, and simply rest and refresh. There are some of you, and that doesn't mean you miss church. Oh, I'm going to rest and refresh and miss you. This is where you need to be hearing the word. Telling you, you need Wednesday night. It's going to get darker out there. But we have the light in us. Three, pay attention to your thought life. Maturing as believers means we learn to think truthfully. We learn to think truthfully. Philippians 4.8. Are you getting anything today? You know, you need to tell pastor when he preaches. You need to, you know, you know what it's like when you get up and preach and no one says anything? He's been preaching some excellent, excellent sermons. 4.8. For the rest, brethren, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is worthy of reverence, whatsoever is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind, whatever winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. If you sit in front of the boob tube long enough, I mean, there's very little on TV you can watch that is decent nowadays. And um, you're sitting there staring at it, hearing it, and God says, watch what you hear and watch what you watch, look at. Video games. How much time is spent away from the word? I'm going to be frank. I can't, I, you know. Watch what you watch. There's good stuff on there. You watch the cooking channel. You can learn how to cook. <laughs> One thing I do not do much of anymore. <clears throat> and take thought captive to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10.5 Casting down imaginations and reasonings and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. How many of you can know that by heart? You've been sitting here for I don't know how many years, and that if there's any scripture that I teach on, it's that one. Learn it and learn it now. I'm saying this because I love you. You know, I love you. If I didn't, I'd be in Hawaii. 
All of us attempt to make sense of things that happen in our lives. All of us attempt to make sense of it. Why'd that happen? We spend more time trying to make sense of things that happened years ago or happening now than going to the Word and, and taking it and saying, wait a minute, devil. Christ is in me. What couldn't I do? God says the things with, the things with man are impossible. With God, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible with God. All of us attempt to make sense of things that happen in our lives. We try to figure out why they happen and what it all means. It is crucial that we pay attention to the stories we are telling ourselves about ourselves, about others. I didn't want to share what I shared this morning, and you noticed I sat here for a while. And the Lord told me to share this with you. Because sometimes the greatest way you can learn is through the teacher that's teaching you. Take every thought captive. Watch, which, read my lips. I had to tell someone the other day, look at my face and read my lips. Watch what you listen to and watch what you're looking at because it will put thoughts in your mind that could take years to erase it. I know how long it took to get pornography out of my life. You say, oh man, you must have been something. That's why I said this morning, if I ran for president, they'd have a field day. So don't listen to what people say about people. People can change in a second. Whether or not those stories are actually true, look what Elijah was telling himself after he became discouraged, much of it was not true, yet he thought it was. 1 Kings 19. Bless his heart. <laughs> I don't think I would have wanted to deal with Ahab and his wife, Jezeb Jezebel. Only he had the victory. And he took out, he ran, ran from her. If any of you men run from a woman, shame on you. I like a man's man. Give me a man's man. Thank you, dear. You're a man's man. <laughs> I had someone recently I was talking to and had been having marriage problems. And I said, think of some things right now. How long have you been married? One thing I know about your husband is if, if, anybody, if ISIS came and tried to get you, he would stand in the way. Not run behind his wife. First Kings 19, I'm just, eh, shut up. 19 verse 4. I'm not giving up my guns. 
Let's just read this. Yeah. Ahab told Jezebel that all Elijah had done, verse 1, and how he had slain all the prophets of Baal and the sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also, if I make not your life as the life as one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid. Fear. Fear hit him. He was afraid and rose and went for his life and came to Beersheba of Judah over 80 miles. Man, he really ran for his life. <laughs> he was pretty old. 80 miles and out of Jezebel's realm and he left his servants there. <laughs> That's nice. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a lone broom and juniper tree and asked that he might die. He said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay asleep under the broom or juniper tree, beheld an angel, touched him, and said to him, Arise and eat. Take care of your body. Arise and eat. Hallelujah. <laughs> Remember this number two? Arise and eat. He looked and behold, there was a cake baked on the coals and a bottle of water on, at his head and he ate and drank and lay down again. You know, there's people that are buying food to last for 25 years. I don't know. Christians, I'm thinking, how long do they think they're going to be here? If God will do it for him and we're under the new covenant, what do you think God's going to do for you? if it came to that place. Think of it. I'm not storing food. There's rats in Santa Maria. I'm going to be honest. We were storing food in here and a rat got in the church years ago. Pardon? We, we were distributing. We weren't storing food. We were distributing food. And a rat got in here. Not in here. But that was it. I said, we're not going to bring food in and distribute it out. I don't like rats. And I don't want to even see one. Our oldest one had one of those white, ugly things. I said, I'm going to tell you, when this baby's born, you're getting rid of that rat ever before. And don't ever get it near me. And I don't want to see it. Keep it somewhere where I don't see it, but you're getting rid of it. Arise and eat. He looked, and behold, there was a cake baked on the coals and a bottle of water at his head, and he ate and drank and laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. I guess if he ran 80 miles, man, I'd be worn out. I couldn't make it unless I had God's strength. How many of you could run 80 miles? I mean, that is being fearful of a woman. Seriously. That is serious fear. And then he tells God, just, just kill me. If he wanted to die, he should have just stuck around and let her do it. He should have stuck around and watched what God would do for him. You ever think of that? Okay, let's move on. 
The angel of the Lord came the second time, touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he rose and ate and drank and went in strength of the food 40 days and nights to herald the mount of God. 40 days and nights, that food lasted him. Man, that's good food. How'd you like to have two meals and it lasts you 40 days and nights? <laughs> no cooking. No, whatever. Sorry, guys, no food. You just had it for 40 days and nights. <laughs> that, I mean, that's really good. Right, Reuben? That's good teaching, right? It is, 40 days and nights. And so he arose and ate and drank, went into the strength of that for, food 40 days and nights to herald the mount of God. And there he came a cave and lodged in. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said, to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts of the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, only I am left and they seek my life to take it away. Who is assuming what? Run away. The angel comes and feeds him twice. It lasts him 40 days, and he's sitting here saying, I am the only one. How many have ever sat there and felt like, I'm the only one that's ever gone through this? I'm the only one. No one understands. I'm it. I'll raise my hand. I've thought that before. You know, pastor knows the song, why me, Lord? <laughs> and he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and great and strong wind rent the mountains and broke it in pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a sound of gentle stillness, a still, small voice. When Elijah heard the voice, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because of Israel. And oh my gosh, he had, he, he, he had rehearsed it. I'm sure as he was running 80 miles. I'm not going to pass my test. I'm not going to pass my test. It's too hard, too hard, too hard, too hard. Works too hard. I can't do it anymore. When you're 70 and a half, come talk to me, okay? And the Lord. He said, I, he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and slain your prophets. And the sword. And I only I am left, and they seek to my life to destroy it. And the Lord said to him, Go return to your way in the wilderness, Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazel and to be king over Syria, and anoint Je Jehu. Oh boy, I'm learning these as I'm listening to the Bible and reading it to be king over Israel and anoint Elisha, the son. Here comes Elisha on the scene of Shaphat and Abel Mahaloah. <laughs> Whatever that is. 
to be the prophet in your place. I don't, I'm sorry if I offend anybody, but that's how I pronounce And to him who escapes from the sword of Hazel, Jehu will slay. And him who escapes from the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall slay. So here comes Elijah on the scene. <laughs> and then he goes to tell him, Yet I will leave my, myself 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed down to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. So Elijah left and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, who was plowing, was be, who, whose plowing was being done with 12 yoke of oxen, and he drove the 12th. Elijah crossed over to him and cast his mantle upon him. He ran over there and he took off his mantle. Come here, Terry. Get ready. <laughs> I'm going to demonstrate my sermon. You got it? Elisha and Elijah. Hallelujah. I lost my place. Where am I? Thank you. At 19.20, right? When I cast my mantle, I turned my page. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow you. And he, testing Elisha, said, Go on back. What have I, have done, what have I done to you? Settle it, for, settle it for yourself. So Elijah went back from him. Took, he took a yoke of oxen, slew them, boiled their flesh, with the oxen's yoke as fuel and gave to the people and they all ate and they all and they ate then he arose followed Elijah and served him man that was fast God knew I have raised up another person to take your place there were all these pro other prophets but God saw Elijah He wasn't in the school of prophets. He saw Elijah. He said, throw your mantle on him. Cast it on him. Well, and he knew what hit him when that hit him. Jeremiah was also telling himself things about God that were not true. Because his mind believed his version of reality instead of God's, he lost hope in Lamentations 3.21. I will finish this sermon today. This is not going to be a two-parter. So just hold on to yourself. When you find it, honey, tell me the page, because I don't read this one too much. Everybody that gets... Thank you. Wow, it's way back here. <laughs> Get excited. This is your day. Lamentations 321. Well, if we went it, we he goes on this whole thing. Please read this whole thing. I mean he really gets himself. I'm Jeremiah, the man who was sent 
affliction under the rod of his wrath he has led me and brought me into darkness and not light surely he has turned away from me his hand is against me I'm in verse 3 his flesh and my skin is worn out made me old and has shattered my bones blah 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 and now remove my soul off from peace I forgot prosperity look at 17 he got so bad he says in verse 15 he hath filled me with bitterness he has, he's blaming God. He's calling God the dammer. He's filled me with bitterness. He has made me drunken with wormwood. He, he has also broken my teeth with gravel stones. He has covered me with ashes. And thou hast removed my soul off from peace. I forgot prosperity. And I said, strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. What a stinking mess this dude's in. Remi remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall. But look at what happens. He finally gets a hold of himself. You know, the church I was born again in, it was God, was, the, was, was God's fault. God puts sickness on you. God does this. God. How I ever got born again is a miracle and went there and heard all that. That is not the truth, okay? He comes to his senses and he gets in here and he says, in verse 22, verse 21, but this I recall and therefore have I hope and expectation. It is because of the Lord's mercy. Terry, can you put that over me again? It's cold. The Lord's mercy and loving kindness that we are not consumed because of his tender compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Thank you, sweetie. Appreciate it. They are new every morning. Great and abundant is your stability and faithfulness. The Lord is my portion or share, says my living being, my inner self. Therefore, I will hope in him and wait expectantly for him. The Lord is good to those who wait hopefully and expectantly for him and require him by right of necessity on, and on the authority of God's word. And on the authority of God's word. If you don't have the authority of God's word in your life, it's going to be hard to get out of this. I'm going to tell you right now. God's word is everything. If it's not in the word, I don't want any part of it. Jeremiah begins to have a change of mind and heart. This is recalled to mind, therefore I have hoped. When his thoughts changed, his negative emotions also lifted, even through his circumstance, even though his circumstances stayed the same. Number four. Train yourself to see out of am I echoing now? Where is it? cried for days. I felt like, which is the crying prophet? Jeremiah. Jeremiah. <laughs> okay, let's see. Train yourself to see life out of two lenses at the same time. When the Apostle Paul cons counsels, uh, counsels us to be transformed by the renew of our mind, Romans 12, 2. Let's turn there so you have the word. 
I don't care if they call it, name it, claim it, whatever. It's those that have the word that are going to make it through this. We're only sojourning here, remember? Two. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed, and be entirely renewed of your mind by its new ideas and new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. It's right here. It's in here. We are so blessed in this country that we have our Bibles. Stand for your rights, for your guns, because this is the next thing they're going to try to take. They ain't getting mine. <laughs> Train yourself to see out of two lenses. He is telling us that our mind needs to be trained to think differently than we have in the past. Part of the training is to learn to see both the temporal life and the eternal. God has a purpose here at the same time. Paul speaks in verse 26. I want you to look at this. Romans 12, we're still there. No, no, we're not. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, no. Oh, well. Paul, no, it's in 2 Corinthians. Paul speaks honestly out of his temporal pain when he says, listen, have you ever felt this way? He is hard-pressed on every side, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down. Yet he, yet he did not become crushed. You want to go to Philippians 4, 8. Yet he did not become crushed, despairing, abandoned, or destroyed. Why not? Because he learned to firmly fix the external perspectives on his spiritual eyes. He says, therefore... We do not lose heart. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. And I'll let you read that yourselves when you get home. Second Corinthians 4, 8 to 18. Have you ever felt hard-pressed on every side, perplexed, persecuted, struck down? Two of us. Wow. That's great. <laughs> Paul never minimized the pain of the temporal, yet discouragement didn't win because he knew that God's purposes were at work. Philippians 1, 12 through 14. I think, I mean, you know, when you look back at this and you think about the things that you think, you've thought, and you get over it, you know, why worry? It's better in the morning, and you've worried all night, and da, 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 have some teenagers that drive. Um, pastor would just go to sleep. He'd just go to sleep. And I'd want to slap him, and I'd wait till they got home. You go, boy, what a faith woman you were. 
now Philippians 1, 12 through 14. It's real interesting, though. I'll tell you this, um, Arlene. When they move out of the house, you don't even concern yourself anymore. <laughs> it's like, they're out. I mean, unless God puts them on your heart. It's amazing. Philippians 1, 12 and 14. Of course, maybe it's, I had boys and they were driving girls and stuff and whatever. They had to call me. If you're going to be late, you better call. Okay. And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bond. Am I in the right place, honey? Philippians 1, 12. Did you miss it? I think it's 14. And, and many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even out of Indian strife, but some of goodwill. I will get you the right scripture for this. Five, press close into God. The truth is life is hard. How many know that? Life's hard. Get up, you go to work. He works sometimes 12 hours, you know. You're tired. Life is hard. People do disappoint and hurt us. We don't always understand God or his ways. The prophet Nahum talks about the day of trouble and reminds us, the Lord is good, in Nahum 1.7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who trust in him. If we're not in close trusting relationship with God, life can become unbearable. Who said it? It's true. The, the psalmist cried out in Psalms 27, I would have despaired unless I had believed I would see God in the land of the living. <coughs> Finally, the best way to chase out a negative feeling is with another feeling. The Bible teaches us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. Gratitude is a powerful antidote for discouragement. We, we, may, not, we, we may not be able to give God thanks for difficult situations, that we find ourselves in, but we can learn to look for things we can be thankful for in the midst of it. You know, years ago, this is going to sound really wild, the, when we were first in the ministry, I was actually in the ministry for pastor, I was out preaching before he was, and um, my greatest joy when I would have discouragement would be I would go to the nursing home and lead people to the Lord. And I remember one time there was this guy that was a Buddhist and he couldn't talk, but he could hear, and he had one of those magic slates, you know, those things. And so I wrote it out, and he would write out, and I'd write it out, and he, he received the Lord. 
So in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Gratitude is the powerful antidote for discouragement. We may not be able to give God thanks for the difficult situation we find ourselves in, but we can learn to look for things we can be thankful for in the midst of it. The definition from Webster's Dictionary, get ready, honey, for communion. Discourage. Are you ready? I will have the scripture for number, is it five? Four. Discourage. To deprive of courage. Make less confident or hopeful. Dishearten. To cause dejection. There are some in here that are disheartened. I'm just going to go by what God tells me today, okay? Because we're taking communion this morning. I forgot. Today's your day to take it. Some of you are very disheartened about your children. God knows where they are. He knows every hair that they have. Some of them have a lot of hair. Discouragement. Discouraging the fact, state, or feeling of being discouraged. Depressing. Disappoint. To fail. To satisfy the hopes or expectations of. I'm going to go over it one more time. To break to break one's promise to, to prevent or undo the intended result of thwart. Disappointment, the condition of being, the condition of feeling or being disappointed, a person, a person or things that cause this. There are people in here that are dealing with disappointment. Things didn't go the way you thought they would. Dismay. To make her afraid or discourage at the prospect of trouble or danger. A loss of courage or confidence at the prospect of danger. Consternation. Appall, horrify, daunt, and fear. How many have been appalled at what you see around you? Disillusionment, disenchantment, the factor stating of being disillusioned. To free from illusion, dishearten, dejection, dissatisfy, let down. You know? No. My life for 35, over 35 years has been to help people out of this in counseling. And I find it an honor. I enjoy my job. Because when you see a person or families 
change. Pastoring is the most exciting of the fivefold ministries there is. I don't care what anybody says, because you get to watch lives change before your very eyes. The things I've heard over the years, every one of these people have gone through. Some of them, everyone. But they got delivered. It's exciting. You're a part of this. Do you realize that everything, every cent that you put into this church, that you will get the same blessing? Do you realize that? The Lord is just sitting here telling me this. Every time you give any money into the offering plate, everything that this church or per people that get touched, you will receive part, your part of that glory, just like you did it. Every prayer you pray for the pastors, everything you do, seriously, discourage to deprive of courage make less confident or hopeful, dishearten to cause dejection. There's a communion table. This is going to be it today if you receive it. Discouragement, discouraging the fact, state or feeling, being discouraged, depressing. Disappoint, to fail to satisfy the hopes or expectations of to break one's promise to. How many of you have somebody break their promise to you? To prevent or undo the intended result of thwarting. Some of you have been divor through divorces. Divorce is horrible. I don't care what anybody says. I've been through it. You watch what happens to the children because of it. And the enemy tries to throw the blame on you. Don't receive it. Today's your day to go up there and get rid of it. To break one's promise to, to prevent or undo the intended result of thwart. Disappointment, the condition or feeling of being disappointed. A person or things that cause this. Dismay, to make afraid or discouraged at the prospect of trouble or danger. A loss of courage or confidence at the prospect of danger. Consternation, appall, horrify, daunt, and fear. Delusion, disenchant the fact or state of being disillusioned to free from illusion, dishearten, dejection, dissatisfy, let down. Romans 8, 28, I have two scriptures in it. Honey, come on up here, please. Heather, you got that ready almost? I don't know about you, but I know myself. I'm taking this communion in a whole different way today. 
Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. You might be going through something right now, but at the end of it, they, the scripture says, at the end is better than the beginning. 2 Timothy 1.12, and this is it, sweetheart. And this is why I am suffering as I do. Still I am not ashamed, for I know, perceive, have knowledge of, and am acquainted with him whom I have believed, adhered to, and trusted in, and relied on. And I am positively persuaded that he is able to guard and keep that which he has entrusted to me and which I have committed to him until that day. For, what, for the which cause I suffer these things, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know who I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words, verse 13, which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee Keep by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in us. And thus this thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are, and he goes on, names, names. They turn away from him. If you're the only one standing... Like Elijah thought he was the only prophet. Don't say anything. Remember this out of this book. Christ is in you. What couldn't you do? God, my prayer is as we go to the communion table this morning, that any discouragement, anything, in this sermon that any of us have we will leave it at the table we will take your body that was broken for us in the bread and the sins that you've shed your blood for to forgive us your word says we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Those that have the faith to come up here today, when they come and they sit in their seat, my prayer, and I believe what you told me, that this stuff will have to go. In Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you. It'll try to come back, but you know what to do now. The sermons are free to anyone that promises they're going to listen to it. Did you get that, Heather? Make sure Lisa gets one today, okay? Ta-da!